Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Andrew Dwyer. Thank you. Yes, I am Andrew Dwyer, publisher of APC, American Painting Contractor, and this is Why Paint? Question mark, repeat, exclamation point, otherwise known as Why Paint? Repeat, where I talk to painting contractors about why they paint, why they are painting contractors, and we try to crystallize it down to a single moment, try to make this as real and practical as possible, even if that moment generates a feeling I want to know about the moment. And the idea is it's a, it's a variation on uh, find your why. There are no new ideas, and there certainly are no new ideas coming out of me. That's for darn sure. So this is uh, essentially find your why. Why do you love what you do? What can you do? What prevents you from repeating that moment? Why paint? Repeat. And today I'm joined by fellow St. Louisan, Nick LaGrasso of SNL Painting, beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Nick, how are you? I'm great. Can I say fellow St. Louisan, even though I don't live there? Yeah, because you know that's where you're from. And it's really where you should be, but it's cooler in Colorado. I get it. They, You know, but the judge was unwilling to bend on those warrants, and so they forced I, my hand. I had to go to Colorado. We have too many schools that would be too close to you. <laughs> so, oh, Nick. The good news is we have a good hockey team for a change. Oh, right? baby. Is that crazy? So you, you crazy. Just went Ken Wilson on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> this is going to so, be a great podcast it's for uh, St. Louisans. Talk about anything to do with paint. So that, yeah. <laughs> the, I, look, I'm not going to pretend to be a huge hockey fan because I'm not. I'm not even a, a. I guess I'm a mild hockey fan. Hey, I, um, I watch playoffs, regular seasons for people who have time. <laughs> I'm a huge baseball. I'm <laughs> a baseball fan. I'm a huge Cardinals fan. Um, but yes, after the long suffering, I think it's fair to say Blues fans deserve this trip to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it's time, and you know, since we've had this Blues like you know losing epidemic ever since I've been alive, I've always been able to like empathize with Cub fans, even those I don't like the Cubs. It's like, could you imagine being on that side where they just never win, <laughs> and they finally got theirs? So, hopefully, we get to do that with our hockey team. I don't know why you had to go Cubs, but uh, but okay. I, I guess you know, I see where you're going. Yeah, it's no, it's just a, it's a human thing. It has nothing to do with the team, Andrew. So. <laughs> SNL painting. How much do you cringe when people ask you, "Did you name that after the TV show?" So, um, let's say you and I, you know, you, you called me for a job, uh, you know, to come look at a job. I'll say, uh, yeah, it's Nick at SNL painting, and that's like Saturday Night Live. I don't, I don't even, I don't even like avoid it anymore. I just say it. See, um, so that way they don't say S and L or like S ampersand L, or they'll do like S dash N dash L. Like no, it's like Saturday Night Live, just SNL. Um, if anyone knows my old business partner Art Snarzik, he is the S, and I am the L, and the N is an improperly placed and. <laughs> 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 thought it was catchier than LNS. So there, there you go. Well, first, yes, listeners should know Art because he has been on Paint Radio before. He's actually been on Why Paint Repeat before. How dare mm -hmm. me put him on before you? He's not even a contractor anymore. No, but he's a pretty good dude to have on, on a podcast. Look at this. Nick is just so nice. And I love your answer about uh, SNL. You don't – you've moved past it. There may be scar tissue there, but you lean into it. SNL, just like it. So, ha, 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 yeah, we're a bunch of clowns, whatever, pay me. So, you know. So that's probably enough buildup. I think we've uh, 
the listeners have gotten to know us. So let's let's dive right in. I'll ask the, the sort of the primary questions from which other topics grow, and that is Nick LaGrasso. Talk yes. to us. What is it that you love about your job, your career, your business? Why do you love being a painting contractor? Let's assuming I do. Ooh. First, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, of course, I love it. Um, well, I, that's like a 12 fold answer. I'm trying to like boil it down to one bullet point or two, but you know, I like making the clients happy when, when you see that they're happy, like that's my selfish way of, of fulfillment, you know? And I also like having, um, being able to give a bunch of guys good jobs. I mean, that's, that's also a selfish fulfillment thing. So those are my, my two is making clients happy and having employees that stay with us. Uh, that's good. So I work real hard on culture and um, work real hard to take care of the clients. And then there's we paint somewhere in between that. Okay, making customers happy. You've been doing this what at least twenty years, right? Uh, well, ninety four as a painter, and then Art and I started the business in 03. Oh, three. So okay. yeah, we, we're in twenty five as a painter, sixteenth okay. business. Double digits as a contractor. Has that always been? You know, the idea of keeping or making customers happy has that always been what has driven you or has it changed over time man at first it was because i knew how to paint and i needed something to do so then once you get in there and you start doing it and art and i were actually in the field painting if you can imagine that for a while it was yeah i guess it was the the happy clients when you get done cleaning up and they're like wow i love it and they hand you a check and you go on to the next one so yeah it's 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 the happy client thing just on a different level now I hate to say it begs a question, but I just I have to go here, even though it's a it's a 180 from the whole point of the podcast. But I I got to know when you have a jerk client when they're not happy, for no good reason, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, that you have plenty of customers who have a beef and and you take care of it. But mm-hmm. when you're just dealing with a customer who's just kind of a jerk, mm-hmm. what do you do? How how do you deal with that? Get done and get out of there. Just as I mean, you just you just power through it, man, because it's going to happen. And, you know, with the power of Google reviews and Facebook reviews and Angie's List reviews, people like to hold that over your head, especially those jerks, right? So you just do what you can to kind of mitigate the loss and uh, make them happy and get out of there. I don't walk from jobs. I don't, you know, throw my middle finger at them or anything like that. It's just smile and nod knowingly and get out of there. Okay, so this this is awesome. Two things already. Now, this isn't the first time you and I have talked. Obviously, we've talked before at PDCA events. Get along great. So this is the first time on the record, though. This is true. You know, like so, but in just in this short beginning of the podcast, this is now the second time where you've talked about dealing with something that's annoying. The first one being, you know, how do you feel when people think you named your company after Saturday Night Live? And I think this is a, a wonderful point that we can all do better at. It's not that we're either good or bad at it. We all can be better at it. And that is what you're displaying. That sort of negativity, you don't dwell in it. You don't let it. You don't wear it like a coat. You just, like you said, get out. You just yeah. move on. You can't you can't dwell and obsess and worry about negativity in the job, right? You can't. I mean, you can't or it's just going to eat you alive. It's, I've kind of learned how to just turn it off and, you know, brush it off my shoulder and say, like, okay, we'll try better on the next opportunity. I just can't dwell. Exactly. You can't dwell on that and make a big deal out of really not a whole lot. You know what I mean? Well, and then the other point that you mentioned, the other thing that you love about being a painting contractor, implying, em- employing, I should say, not implying. That's a very different uh, verb yes. use. <laughs> <laughs> employing and providing uh, quality jobs, even careers, 
to your painters, your employees, that's another issue that can absolutely get fraught and wrapped up with emotion. If you've got an employee who just isn't delivering what he or she needs to, maybe you've given them every chance that you think you should, and it's just not working out, whether it's time to fire them, you're, you're doing your best to, to help them along the way, and they're not living up to their end of the bargain, that's something the contractors could really obsess and dwell and worry about. So how do you deal with that? I mean, given that, that you love the idea of providing a good job to these people, again, I'm going negative, man, because you're just too positive. I'm trying to beat you down, Nick. Do it. How? Do it. Bring it. Bring the pain. Fine. How do you deal with employees who don't live up to their end of the bargain, who are not up to snuff? Uh, we try way too hard to pull them out of it. I should probably fire a lot faster. I'm really, I should. Um, I always kind of hope for the best in people. I do, and uh, try to pull it out of them, because I've, I've, we have a few painters that were in other companies that didn't treat them very well, and then they come here, and they're different people because they're like, oh, you know, they're not beating me up all the time over everything, and uh, they actually, you know, their paychecks cash every Friday, and got some vacation time and just neat stuff like a like a real job, not where this other dude pays him cash and treats him like crap and sorry, I don't have work today kind of stuff. Uh, so we try to bring the best out in people. And if it doesn't happen, which is probably way too long, uh, then we let them go. And the way I got around that, because I'm not good at firing people, is I hired a production manager who fires people. So there you go. And as long as I don't have to fire that production manager, we're in good shape. How long ago did you hire the production manager? I think he started his job in like April of 17. Maybe it was 16. So, so the, uh, it's, it's three years now. Relatively recently. How has that role, their job description, is it the same person that you originally hired? It is. It's okay. Matt Orsino. You've seen him at uh, PDCA a couple times, and he's done some podcasts with Chris, too. I wish you wouldn't have told me that because that changes my whole opinion. I'm kidding. Uh, that's um, all right. He's much different at work. <laughs> how much has his job description changed from the day he started working? So we could have an entire podcast on that, um, and I would rather do that in like September because uh, he and I had a pretty good conversation last week, and it's funny how going back to art, we came up with this key accountability sheet to start his uh, his position, and you know there's these these key accountabilities that he's that he's responsible for, and then all this like secondary and tertiary stuff that he does that just eats into his day. So now what we're going to do is try to get an office person that can do a lot of the mundane data entry stuff so he can actually be out managing production. And um, yeah, stay tuned on that one. If you want, like I said, hopefully we can talk by Labor Day and have that all all squared away and everybody smiling. <laughs> so to what extent, if any, has the production manager improved your ability to make customers happy? Quite a bit, really, because he's got his eyes on it. That's what he does. And he, you know, he manages the crew leaders and then and the lead painters as well. So they can, you know, he can focus on on the field a lot more than I could because I was selling everything and I was producing everything and I was sending out everybody's paperwork and kinda and you know, trying to order paint and everything like that. And it just it's it's not my my strong suit doing all that stuff. Kind of the the operations, which is my next move as an operations manager, but but I mean, my revenue's doubled since since he's a, a production manager. Wow. Since he showed up. Double the revenue, three years. And again, so you, you're talking about how making customers happy is, is the moment that you love the most about your job. I'm, I'm guessing, and tell me if I'm wrong, that the production manager, Matt, is, is freeing up your time to do more of what you want to do and have more of 
of these moments, enjoying uh, the the end of the job with the customers, making them happy. Is that is that an accurate statement? Um, for the most part, I don't spend a lot of time at the end of the job gloating with the client. Um, <laughs> We try to kind of have some closing procedures with the crew leaders and lead painters and we let them do it because, I, I, you know, Andrew, I don't want to do anything. I mean, the idea of a business owner is I just want to like hang out on my couch. I'm not there yet, but uh, we're working on it. Um, I kind of try to work on the vision and the culture and I still sell, you know, more than half of what we, we have. So um, I'm busy all the time as it is. And it's the hard part is going to be um, hiring a salesperson to, to do what I do. I already have another estimator, but then, you know, the guy that kicks me out of the sales chair is going to be tough. You like sales. I know you do. Only, only cause I'm just so, I'm just so good at it. You know, I just, right. exactly. I'm That's just I'm kidding. I, I think it's the, it's my humility that draws people to me, I think. And I guess what I never, ever close anyone ever. I just, <laughs> I don't, you know, I've been on the sales training stuff and they're like, close, cl always be closing. I'm like, I'm never closing ever. And I close 70% of what I see. So it's just, do what you say and people buy. It's funny how that works. And I say this not based, well, I mean, it's reaffirmed in, in this uh, brief podcast we're doing, but, but I already knew this coming in because I've talked with Nick in the past. Um, one reason I love Nick, and there's really only one reason, just kidding. Uh -oh. uh, the, the thing I love about you, Nick, that I think we all, again, can learn from is how honest you are about yourself. You, man, you don't, kid yourself. You know what your strengths are, and you are so quick to admit what your weaknesses are and what your challenges are. That is such a gift and such a benefit that we can all learn from. And I, I got to think that that helps you, obviously, identify what it is you need in your business to make your business better and to make your life happier, right? Uh, yeah. And actually, that's something I continue to work on. So that's, if you would have asked me when I was 26, you know, what I was good at, I would have told you everything. And then it's kind of, I don't know, as you get older and that, that, that thing that you have to do, that's like, you know, getting a root canal every time you do it. It's like, I need, I need something else to happen here. This is terrible. And then you have a half a dozen of those things or a dozen. And it's like, I think there's a position here that we can have somebody do this. So what I, I always tell people when they ask me, you know, I guess how I try to structure my office is I hire around what I'm horrible at. It's the things I'm horrible at and the things I'm bad at. And I try to hire those positions to do those things. So Matt does a lot of things I'm bad at, like getting out information on time and, um, you know, keeping up with the clock in system and sending out communication to the clients and, um, you know, visiting jobs and, and answering phone calls timely because he's not in appointments all day. And he's just he can handle a lot of those things that I was just horrible at. And I, when I did it all myself, I had seven or eight painters. I could do it. It was becoming not fun, but I could do it. Now that we have 23, there's absolutely no way. So, yeah. And then, you know, like the office lady, she does a lot of the other clerical stuff that I hate. So that's uh, selfishly, that's what I get to do as the business owner, right? And, and, you know, the first words out of your mouth when I paid you a compliment were, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I have to continue doing better, right? And then you talked about when you were 26, when you weren't that good at what I just complimented you about. This is also the trait that we all need to embrace, that... You know, it's it's always a journey, right? The the I mean, you, you have to enjoy the journey. It's not just about the end product. And man, I could go on and and I could apply this to youth sports, to uh, marriages, absolutely everything. If you are overly focused on the outcome and the product, you will fail to focus on the journey and the process. And because you've never attained success, but meeting your 
we're, we're never satisfied in a, in a positive way, right? We're always trying to get better. We can admit that we're good at things, but that doesn't mean we're done trying getting better. So it's lifelong learning. Uh, we're always striving to get better every day. Um, and by the way, with these Why Paint Repeat podcasts, my, my sidekick, Emily, she's not here to keep me on track because I get to do whatever I want. That's why I love these podcasts. Do you want me to bust open that Outlook entry you sent me and keep us on track? <laughs> no. I can do that. <laughs> no. Okay. No. No. Um, uh, okay. Not well, that we I want because it's your show, right? So there you go. <laughs> not that I don't love working with Emily. That's what a gift. Talk about the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, you two together is just, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be something. We're very fortunate. We're very fortunate. Absolutely. To, uh, to get along as well as we do. We absolutely love working together. But, okay, how about this? When So uh, I'm good at, at, at taking people off track. That's what I'm good at. I just keep you guessing. Um, <laughs> there's one thing I, I wanted to mention like way back in this podcast, and it keeps like surfacing in my brain like a little tip for people. And you were asking me what did I do with like difficult clients and things of that nature. Yeah. There's just a point to wrap that up, and then, and then I'll feel so much better about this whole thing is um, – you know, those difficult clients, when I say you just make them happy and you and you get on with your life, it's amazing how many referrals those people will give you. Wow. Um, and then, you know what the person who they referred says when you call them? Like, yeah, Tom down the street uh, referred me. And let me tell you, if you can make that guy happy. No. You're a shoe in you know? So, because you... Look, we all have those people in our life. You're like, oh my gosh, this, this guy again. You know what I mean? And... It's either in your office or in your family or, you know, with your kid's soccer team or whatever. It's like, oh, this dude. And if he gives you a name and you're like, absolutely. If you made that dude happy, I want you in my house, you know, so um, or that lady or, or you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, that's that's it. I've gotten a ton of referrals off of difficult clients. Wow. That is really interesting. And I think that's another hashtag pro tip. There you go. <laughs> I think that that's another sort of iteration of what I just said about it's it's about the process, not the product. That that if you become too enamored with ensuring, guaranteeing that the customer is happy, and I will do absolutely everything possible. The problem is you can't guarantee that outcome. You can't guarantee any individual will be happy. All you can do is your best, is work on your process in order to make that customer happy, but you can't guarantee the final result. And getting back to, you know, the original compliment I paid you that you don't get wrapped up in stuff that you can't control. I think that's, that's a great example that, look, I do everything I can, but in the end, it's the customer's job, whether or not he's happy or not. And there you go. It's a perfect example. I think those difficult customers appreciate and respect your work ethic. And then it, talk about turning a negative into a positive. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, um, it's while it happens, but you just got to do it. I mean, I don't know. That's the way I, I, that's the way I see it. You just have to do it get, when we're going to do walk away and lose money and you know what I mean? Or get sent to small claims court or something. It's not worth that over a couple of days, extra labor or whatever. It's like, just make them happy. Get out of there. You're endlessly practical, dude. I love that. So yeah, and the other thing, yeah, go saying how, when you paid me the compliment I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm working on it. I kind of feel like if I ever become complacent in where I am, that's bad. So, you know, there's always something to improve. What is not like one of the home stores, like never stop improving. So I guess I'm, you know, Lowe's or whatever that is. But I just never totally satisfied with, with where I am because I know I can do better. And when I feel like I've done better, then maybe I'll become complacent. But I'm far from there right now. I'm sure you've heard the, uh, 
this theory that as you get older, and I mean like senior citizen age, you just don't care anymore, right? And yes, when <laughs> my dad's almost there. Right? Yes. So, and that's one of those, dare I say, like existential uh, sort of conundrums. Because on one hand, that's a very liberating thing, but I've of, I've often heard it sort of ascribed to say senior citizen drivers who just blow through stop signs and red lights and they'll just do whatever the heck they want because you know what screw it i've been doing this long enough to hell with all of you people owe me because i've been here so long yes (laughs) right so yes when when you not caring morphs into i'm gonna step on everybody i can that's probably the line that none of us should cross um no and that's so have you again this third art plug of this podcast (laughs) have you done his um his uh, personality profile and been debriefed by him Yes, he told me that I actually do not have a personality. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was hard so, to hear. <laughs> but yes, I have done that. It was awesome. Uh, so way back um, in the business second, third year, we got some consultants and they ran us through what he does now. And actually, that was kind of the beginning of the end for him. He held on for about four more years, but ended up doing that. Um, and we kind of learned you know, about ourselves and, and how you tick and what's important to you and yada, yada. But I think you and I both probably share a high I, and if that's technical jargon, I apologize. <laughs> and I also have a pretty high S. Um, so I, I, I want people to like me, and I don't want to let people down. You know, the S is the third, the, the D is up there too. But So, of course, I'm a salesman who wants to make people happy. I mean, that's just like, it's my driver, so that's what I have to do. You know what I mean? It's just, so that's how I run my company. I want my employees to look good, you know, think, oh, I like that guy and I want to work for that guy and I don't want to let them down and I don't want to let my clients down. So it's, uh, I guess it's a good trait to have if, if you're trying to have client retention, which I'm good at. Well, and it's it's also, it's just great to know thyself, right? Um, and look, Dude, let's yeah, <laughs> let, let's make this official. We both love Art Snarzik. Um, yes. He's been on Paint Radio before. If you If that name is new to you, because once you hear Art Snarzik, you won't forget it. His website is interviewadvisors.com. Um, look him up. He does great work. Absolutely great work. Former business partner to Nick LaGrasso. And I have to give out one other shout out and thank you. And that is to Chris Shank, education director at PDCA, because Sir Nick LaGrasso is coming to us from the PDCA podcasting studio of Paint Ed. <laughs> so, yeah, you're talking, you know, a guy who's pretty good with computers and stuff, and I know nothing about Skype. I've never been invited to Skype. Actually, Nick May and I Skyped on my phone, but you said I had to have it on my desktop. I did. And then um, I didn't do anything with that information, and then I called Chris. It's like, you know, Andrew wants me to do this podcast. Can I use your office? He's like, yeah, anytime. So here I am. And so, that's probably why my voice is so thick and rich. It's because of this microphone that's <laughs> like the size of a cantaloupe. This thing's awesome. So Chris Shank does great work. Uh, he cranks out the podcast. He's my podcast hero. And if you want to hear his work, which you should, if you haven't, go to pdca.org slash education and look up all those awesome paint ed podcasts. So let's uh, – toward wrapping this up, the final topic I want to hit with you, Nick, is because mm-hmm. as – People who've listened to Why Paint Repeat should know, because I, I say it every time, I'm a huge believer in um, in advice, right? I think we live in a society where we're hesitant to, quote, tell anybody what to do. 
And the point in my mind of advice is not saying you should do X, but simply sharing your own experience. It's amazing what you can learn from listening to others' experiences. It's tremendous. So with that in mind, what sort of two-part question you can answer either part or both, but I would like you to at least answer one. What is some great advice you have received from a painting contractor and or what is advice, say you're, you're at a, a PDCA event, that, uh, that you share with a fellow contractor? So what I have got from other contractors is what I'm speechless. Like I've gotten <laughs> so many nuggets yeah. from these guys. And that's why I go to uh, Expo. I mean, the classes, you know, the breakout sessions are wonderful, but it is the in-betweens, man, and the events and seeing these guys year after year and say, how did that work out for you? Remember that thing we were talking about you doing? And they'll they'll talk about it. So to, to quantify, I can't. But the one that sticks out in my head most recently is this whole Nick Slavic hire hire people that know nothing about painting. They're just good people. And I think we all knew this and we were afraid to do this because you don't want to plug in someone who knows nothing about painting. But I mean, and I don't want to burst any painters bubbles, but this stuff ain't rocket science. I mean, you can get into some of the coding science that, you know, you need to know stuff like maybe the Scaturro stuff where you have, um, and Dave Scaturro is a, a industrial painter out of the, was he out of Jersey? Is that right? Unfortunately, yes. I know. Yeah, I know. But Dave's, Dave's cool. You know, we like Dave. but For, for Jersey. And he's got to know the industrial stuff. So there's a little bit more to it. But, you know, as a res repainter, primarily, this ain't rocket science. So um, <laughs> you teach people. Andrew, I could even have you painting by the end of the weekend. You Get know what I mean? Out. So I know. I know. Emily upset you. Give me a buzz, dude. We're in St. Louis. <laughs> Weather's terrible. <laughs> Go Blues! So. I know, go Blues. We got the Blues, right? And hopefully we'll have the Cardinals after the Blues. Then we pay attention to the Cardinals. But um, so uh, the, the newest thing is just just find good people for your organization. That's to boil it down and be serious. I was blown away when we went to San Diego. We go to In-N-Out Burger. Wanted to try it. Uh, never been. You know, it was like folklore. And turns out it's just a, a fast food joint that's better than average. But the, the employees there blew us away. Hmm. They were so happy and so ridiculously helpful. And like made your experience that much better. And we started talking to this one young guy and he said they are taught when they go anywhere, if they find someone who would be a good fit for In-N-Out Burger, they poach them. How would you like to make $12 an hour tomorrow? You know, because they just look for good people. So uh, that's the newest nugget I have from a painting contractor. I like it. Thank you. Nice. What do I dish out? Yeah. Um, Can you guess what I dish out? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here. But if you can't guess, it's fine. If you don't no, always... I mean, I would assume it's uh, read, absorb, engage every single morsel that APC produces. That's the first thing I tell them. And then <laughs> when, we, when we get past that chuckle, then what? <laughs> uh, be yourself. Own your mistakes. Do that. So those are a couple of things that I would I could classify as customer service. Uh, um, I preach customer service. I, I tell contractors and they look at me funny sometimes, depending on the size, the smaller guys look at me funny. The bigger ones are like, mm-hmm. I say A plus customer service and a B plus paint job equals happy clients. Nice. Firmly believe that because most people don't know what A plus painting is and they don't want to pay for it. So, you know, you have that client, that fussy one where people are like, hey, if you make him happy, you can make me happy. They may need an A plus paint job and they're going to pay for it. But you got to, in that sales process, define what that is. But for the most part, I mean, we're painting walls and door frames and baseboards and stuff. And if it's a you know, not some crazy high-end house. B-plus is more than sufficient. It's just a, the whole experience for the client you have to work on to keep them coming back. I love that. I think that's great advice. I also have to say that that's the first time 
I can tell you're a, a wonderful Midwestern contractor. Pretty sure that's the first time the term fussy has been used on paint radio. I love that. Boom. Look at that. We're breaking new ground. Fussy contra- or fu- fussy uh, customers. You got to be careful of those. But uh, and Fussy clients, man. <laughs> it's funny. I just described a coating as fussy yesterday. Maybe that's just a word I like. <laughs> Absolutely. We're trying this new uh, clear coat on a cabinet, and it's being very fussy. So we have to figure it out. That's part of the Lagrasso lexicon right there. It just keeps me from cursing, you know? <laughs> That's true. That just makes Which you lovable. I even, yeah, anyway. So, More yeah, lovable. Fussy. Yeah, thanks. No, seriously, that's uh, the purpose, certainly, of Paint Radio, but also Why Paint Repeat. Just remind us of things that we've learned, that we need to learn again, that we need to continue to emphasize. That, yes, keep the focus on the customer. Keep the focus on your employees. What what type of environment are you creating for your customers and your employees? And and if you focus on them and you provide this this rewarding, positive experience, you're, you're probably going to be happy yourself. Nick, we love talking to somebody like you. I love bumping into you at the, uh, the PDCA events. So can I put a plug in for the PDCA here? Go. So, you know, when you get in business and you're standing in a paint store with these other dudes that were obviously work around you, you're not going to ask them, hey, man, uh, you know, how are you how are you pricing doors and frames these days? They're not going to tell you, right. you know, right. I have this problem with the coating falling off, you know, so you can go to your your vendor and ask them or you can join an organization like PDCA for not a lot of money a year. I don't even know what it is anymore. It doesn't matter. And but it's it's not a lot of money. And then you have this this giant network of people that will almost show you their P&L statement if you ask. You know what I mean? It's uh, they'll, they'll tell you anything. There's no secrets whatsoever because there's no competition your guards down and actually there's there's two or three pdca members uh in town that are my competition and they'll tell me anything i want to know so it's if anybody out there is listening not in it and you're a contract painting contractor you gotta get you gotta get in it amen baby nick thanks for making us better keep up the hard work dude and uh i hope i see you soon thanks for listening everybody keep listening to paint radio keep reading apc because we care about you see you soon thanks andrew